Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Are you, are, you, are you saying I shouldn't have done what I just did? Well, you were, I was listening to last week's show, and I can hear you clicking and drinking water. Now, other people may not be able right. to hear you, but you just opened a water right when the show started. They so haven't think, complained about it yet. Well, That's okay. good. Yes. So my name's Todd Adams. What's your name? My name is Kathy Adams. Didn't we say that? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 173. Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 6, 9, and 11, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And then our motto, not our mantra, Uh the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Yes. That packs a wallop. It does. I don't use the word wallop very often. Some people don't like that motto. Who? Well, I've heard that... The non-believers? No, I think that some people disagree. They say, um, it has. it's not about me, it's about the child and what they do and don't do. And we are here, if nothing else, to challenge your beliefs. Like, hopefully we reinforce some of them, mm-hmm. but if they're listening and all they do is agree with us 100%, um, or already know everything we're talking about, that's not good either. So, Well, and I think that what we have to understand about that motto, you know, the best predictor of a child's success is a parent's self-understanding. It's not about blame. It's not about saying, you know, you should feel bad if anything goes wrong with your child. No, it's about if you understand yourself, then no matter what's going on with your kid, you will be able to relate, empathize, and understand so you can be there for them. If you don't understand yourself, then you look at your child as if they should be doing certain things and be controlled and do exactly what you I say. I think it's called projection. Yeah. Yeah. There is some definitely projection in there. It's a good there. word. Yeah. You, you take all of your baggage and you put it on other people and carry, talk. Just carry your own bags, man. Just carry your own bags or maybe put them down. Or just throw them in the garbage. Yeah. It's, that's, that's the thing. Or recycle them because we don't like to throw stuff away. <laughs> Don't recycle. It's recycling week. It just I know, but we don't want to recycle our baggage. Burn them. Okay. Make a big big bonfire. That's what that's a Native American custom. A Native American custom. I do that a lot. I burn things and put it back up into the universe. So here's some uh, bullet points. So I don't want you to comment. I just want you to listen. Okay. You have got to listen. listen. I'm listening. Um, I have a few tournament of bad things. Okay. Actually, just one. Okay. Um, Mother's Day is coming up on May 11th, and we have a retreat coming up. You know what? I'm, I am interrupting. You told me not to, but did you say what we were going to talk about today? I'm about to. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about our good living retreat. Is that what it's called? The good life. The good life. Life is good. No. No. Because we don't want to get in trouble by yes. life is good people. Uh-huh. Um, and then we're going to talk about some Rolling Stones covers. Okay. Yes. Yes. You, we should. Even though I don't remember the guy. Do you remember the guy? The guy from Game of Thrones. Okay. Very good. That's close enough. Um, we're going to talk about my daughter coming home and showing affection to the rabbit before she shows affection to me. <laughs> Wait. Toddy, what? how are we going to talk about all those things? Because my things are like 30 seconds. Okay. Because and yours are like 25 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, we just decided what the show was about and there was none of those. Sweetie, things. I'm saving the best for last. Okay, go but ahead. But here's the thing. I, right. don't, I don't know what we should title the show, but I put, are you a fraud? Yes. Is that good? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay yes. good. And we're going to play a clip from this lady named Amy. Amy Cuddy. Cuddy from a TED Talk. Yeah, she's a researcher. So um, let's get into it. So, so let's get into your stuff. The, the reason what I would title this podcast is The Good Life and Feeling Like You're a Fraud because I think that they actually go hand in hand. Okay. 
So talking about our retreat first, the reason that Todd and I decided to do a retreat, and it starts uh, May 5th. Yep, uh, next uh, Monday, right? It's Monday through Friday. Just so you guys know, there's nowhere to be. There's nothing to do. All you do is sign up, and we send you emails. We send you special podcasts that nobody else can hear. It's just people on the retreat. And we, as a group, we practice together living a good life. And I'll explain what that means. But the best part about it is it's right before Mother's Day. Mm. So it's a great Mother's Day gift either to yourself or to someone you love. And the other best part is, is if you register, you get to gift the retreat to someone for free. Mm -hmm. So you can have someone do it with you. So, you know, you can do it with your spouse. You can do that with a friend. You can give it to your own mother. You can give it to a sister. And it's really nice. I mean, I know that that word doesn't doesn't pack the punch I'm looking for, but it's a really enjoyable week. There's people from all over the country who do it. Maybe all over the world. Who knows? There, we have we have someone from Canada and London, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the there are people who are all over who are trying their best to be themselves and live the best life for themselves. And that right there shifts your thinking right. because you recognize that there's so many people who think similarly to you do that similarly to you and they have great ideas that maybe you would have never had without their uh, role in your life. Right. And what happens is not only do we send the emails and the podcast, but then we get, we have a Facebook page that people join and people comment and give examples. And it's really lovely. It's a community of support community. for a week. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's convenient because to your point, yeah. you don't need to go anywhere. Yeah. So what it's we a ch- little addictive. It Do you is. know what I mean? Like when we're done, I miss it yeah. because I miss that. There's an emptiness. There is. It's afterwards. like, oh, we were all together and we were talking and we were helping each other. And but we'll we were... always be back. And this is us coming yes. back because this is our whatever, fifth or sixth virtual retreat. Right. So. Yeah. So if um, you want to sign up, it'll be in the show notes. It's 55 bucks. And... You can go to um, my website yep. or Zen Parenting Radio website. So ZenParentingRadio.com or KathyCAdams.com. If you hit events or on my page, it's actually right there in the front. Mm-hmm. You can click on it. You can register like Todd said, it's also in the show notes. It's on the Facebook page or just email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com if you can't find it, which I think you'll find it. Yeah, but, but if, you, if you can't, you can always do that. So so I wanted to give an overview of what the good life means. To you. To me. Thank you. To you. To you. All right. Um, the good life, what Todd and I want to focus on, I, and I want to start with this. Yesterday I was um, listening to Super Soul Sunday Shocking. <laughs> I didn't get to watch yet because yesterday was a busy day, but uh, on Oprah Radio, they play it. And Oprah had on Elizabeth Lesser, who I've always really loved and enjoyed um, her books. Uh, she wrote Broken Open and The Seeker's Guide, and she created, uh, co-founded Omega Institute in New York. Um, and one of the things that she said that I thought, oh, that's so powerful, and I think this is actually Sufi wisdom. Ooh, I um, love the Sufis. I know. Sufis are, uh, have amazing language. Um, but she said that what we all do is we cover our souls with veils made of fears and stories. Mm. And she actually, I think, gave a more specific quote, um, but that's really what it broke down to. That's the to. gist. And what what Can you happens, say it again yes, or try to restate it? We cover it? our souls with veils made up of fears and stories. And I think the quote, the Sufi quote was something about all of us are carrying a thousand veils over our souls or something. For those of you who saw it, you, you may know what I'm talking about. 
But what, as they dove into that, as Oprah and Elizabeth talked about that more, it really it resonated with me so strongly because really what happens, as Todd and I talk about on this show, is we're born, we're born very clear and open and everything's amazing and everything's beautiful and we're like so overwhelmed by just being alive. And then things happen. Before through, you get to the things happen? Yeah. I was just talking to my friend Jim in the car yesterday and we were talking about God and just just pure goodness, goodness. and all that. When babies come out, I'm so envious and jealous of their being <laughs> yeah. because, and I wasn't, I, I, I learned this or I appreciated this more when I became a dad, like that is as close to perfect. Yeah. And I'm not talking about perfect, like not like making mistakes. Right, I'm right. talking about just pure love. Pure, pureness. And they have no communications. I mean, they have communication skills. It's by all crying. energy. It's, it's, it's all, all energy. energy. And I'm mm-hmm. just so envious of that. So then, um, so if we would just kind of get out of their way and let them, live their life, they would continue in that purity. But instead, we adults think that we know better. And then we decide to put some layers of baggage. The, the Wayne Dyer thing, yes. where he, he always talks about when a baby is growing in the stomach, um, they don't like have to do anything. They don't grow worry about nose. growing their nose. Right. They, they don't worry about their growing their ears. It just kind of organically happens. happens. Yeah. And then once they come out, um, we say, say, good job, God. We'll take it from here. We'll take it from here. <laughs> yeah, that was a Wayne thing. And if God doesn't resonate with you, good job, universe, good job, you know, spirit, good job, whatever. Whatever. Whatever yeah. word, um, you know, works for you as far as the bigger picture yes. of life. We'll take it from here. Yeah, we'll take it from here. And that's what this show is all about. Yeah. About let's not take it from here. <laughs> let's get out of their way. Let's be aware of when we're trying to take it from here. Yes. And not only in our child's life, but in ours, mm. because that's really the whole thing is about allowing. So again, going back to the veils, just like Todd said, we're born and then all these stories and fears and experiences begin to create veils over who we really are. And you know, what do I mean by that? Um, somebody tells you you aren't good enough. Someone tells you you aren't good looking. Someone tells you you aren't smart. You have an experience where someone breaks up with you and then you think you aren't worthy. Mm-hmm. You have an experience where um, you know maybe you, have, you look different or you have a disability or a special need and you look around and you say, nobody else is like me. I don't belong. Self-doubt. Self-doubt. And these and these stories, we start to look outside of ourselves and we almost start to see things that confirm these belief systems. We look for we are attracted to these stories that reinforce our own self. Exactly. And you know, so we're just we're covering, covering, and then all of a sudden you reach this age, and this could be at twenty or this could be at fifty or forty, thirty-five where you say, who am I and who am I really? And what, what's my purpose and what's my passion? Well, to get to that, you have to let, you have to, you have to start taking the veils off. Remove layers. You have to notice the stories. You have to notice what you're afraid of. You have to recognize what is your truth versus what is societal truth. Right. You have to notice what you've bought into that isn't necessarily what you believe. Um, and, and what do I mean by that? Like one thing that I can say is that um i i i don't even know if i want to go into this story i dare you okay i double down i'll be brave so i have this is your one brave moment it is it's my one brave moment i have a great respect for the medical community i really do but one thing that i have found is that i believe in medical treatment which is like you know my daughter had strep last week she's on antibiotics i'm all for it but i also believe in things like energy work and i believe obviously in chiropractic because we talk about dr kelly all the time our our partner i believe in um that feelings and things that are happening in my life they impact my physical health right i believe in 
oils and I believe in, you know, I believe in all over body work just as much as medical. So I needed to find somebody who, who agrees with that because what I was doing is I kept going to people who were telling me things like, oh yeah, you have a headache, just take this script and you'll be fine. And I was struggling. I'm like, why do I keep going and banging my head against a wall? And I have to go find people. And there's plenty of people out there, I'm telling you, who have some, it's not that we agree on everything. Um, It's that they carry that mindset um, where they, they, they take the best from everything. Right. They take the best from Western medicine. They take the best from Eastern medicine. And instead of saying that doesn't work or that's stupid, they put it all together right. and say this is health. And it's very rare to find. Uh, it is. Rare, it's, but it's, it's just, difficult. It's much more difficult than it is. It's just, you know, you have a, a doctor's office around the corner. Yeah, it's so much simpler. And, and just to reaffirm what you're saying, this doesn't mean that we reject anything Western or anything Eastern. Well, like I said, you take the best from it all. Right. Yeah. Cameron had strep. Antibiotics, here they come. So anyways, go ahead. So so my point is, is that those are the kind of things where you have to start figuring out, okay, society tells me this, but what do I feel? What do I know? And those are the things for me that are important is I want all over wellness, nutrition, exercise, all that stuff. And and that instead of buying into one thing or this doesn't work or this isn't good enough. So that's just one example of removing a veil of, you know, like what do I feel is right or what I, you know, what I write about. I don't feel like now it's anything crazy or different because, you know, you and I have been doing the no, show for you, so long. You, you take um, – you're much more willing to go into a strange direction yeah. or a not uh, – what's the word? Not as accepted direction because you're more firmly in your belief structure. Absolutely. And now I'm so grounded that I don't think about it. But when I first started writing uh, 10 years ago about some of these things like, why don't you look at this differently or, or is this really happening? It was scary for me mm-hmm. because – it's not that anyone really attacked me. I was attacking myself. Yeah, you were, you were, yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, what if people think I'm weird? What if they think I'm crazy? And, th- and that's really what I felt. And the thing, so let's, let me go back to the good life. What Todd and I want to do in this retreat for a week is practice removing veils. Mm. And we're going to give um, examples during, or we're going to have focus. We're going to focus each day on something that can help us remove a veil see differently and practice feeling what's good because here's the thing you guys you don't have to go after good things mm-hmm. they're already there right you have to like remove the barriers that keep you from seeing them well, the, the the word i just wrote down is strive like sometimes when i'm doing um work on myself yeah. i always feel like i have to strive to get right. somewhere whether it's i have to strive to meditate every day or i have to strive to go out and um, go seek out an uncomfortable situation to make myself grow. Yes. And uh, what it really is, is about removing certain things. Yes. And I personally get stuck on, I feel like I have to go out and grab and attain. That's what you were taught your whole life. Right. And what I sometimes am able to do is say, instead of going out and attaining, it is work on myself and remove a layer in whatever definition that that means to me in that moment. Well, think about this way. Instead of going out and attaining, it's going in and removing. Right. It's the exact opposite. Right. But our whole life, 
starting with our first experience in an art class or when we were two or our first soccer, you know, practice when we were four or then going into school is strive, strive, strive. So it feels very weird to say that we're, quote unquote, doing something if we're just going inside and releasing something. It doesn't feel productive, Mm -hmm. which you and I have talked about on this show a lot. But the truth is, is that is the most important productivity. And here's the crazy thing. The more you can remove the layers and the veils or at least be aware of it. When I say remove, it's not literal. It's just seeing it for what it is. You get more done. Like things flow. You open up this line of... And that is counterintuitive to my being. I know. To most people. Yeah, maybe it is to most people. But, you know, it's a whole thing like with all the books that we read and talk about and see interviews on the the difference between human doing and human being. Yes. And most of us are doing the human doing. That's right. And the thing that we don't, that we know, yet we don't quite connect to is the fact that you can do, 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 get more money, get more money, get a better job, get um, another trophy, get another award, get recognized, and it never fills you up. Or if it does, it does it for a short while. Temporarily. Good point. That sometimes you'll be like, I'm totally full, Mm -hmm. feeling good. I I feel good about where I am. And the next day you wake up and you go, what else? What else? And what's so great about what I think of the good life to be is when no matter what's going on, one of my one of the things that I've learned, I'm getting tingles on my head, so I know this is a big one okay. that I'm about to say. Let's hear it. One of the things that I have learned is that no matter what's going on in my life, if someone in the family is sick, if somebody is struggling, if things aren't going the way I think they should be going at work, um, if our car broke down, whatever, I can still be okay. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge awareness that I had to learn through challenges to recognize like um, at Christmas this year, um, our daughter, our oldest daughter had something on her leg that needed to be removed. We may have talked about it on a show. A little bump on her knee. And um, it was a long process to decide whether or not to, you know, the medical, the Western, Eastern. Because we thought the body would take care of itself. We we did Eastern for a while. We did oils. We did, we just kind of thought the body will reabsorb it. Well, we finally went to a doctor and he's like, you know what? let's just take it out. And I had to really be like, is this what we need to do? But we decided to, in the the long run, bottom line, we said, you know what, this is what we're going to do. Well, they took it out and it didn't seem that bad, but he said, you know what, we got to check out and see what this is. I had to go two weeks over Christmas sitting with that, wondering if what kind of call we were going to get. What I learned though, what, what, I worked on through that time is instead of saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe this or oh my gosh, poor me or this is going to be the worst Christmas ever, which is kind of a path some people go, is uh, it made me so present. It made me hyper present mm-hmm. in a good way. I don't, hyper sounds negative. It made me, I was like this, everything is so amazing and look at all these people and we're all here and this is great and not in a, I wasn't doing that in a uh, negative way, like something is necessarily going to go wrong, but instead of worrying about that, why not be here? And it was funny because by the time we got the news, mm-hmm. I was kind of already over it. it. Yeah. Like I remember when, you know, and the news was nothing. It was nothing yeah. by the way. But I remember we were in the, we went in the doctor's office to get her stitches out. And the woman's like, Oh, by the way, we tried to call you. We couldn't get you. There was nothing to that. It was benign. And I wasn't even looking for that information anymore. Right. And I was like, Oh, of course. Yeah. Like it was like, but I had what I recognized. And that was one practice of many. Cause you and I have had many crises sure. where you have to realize you're going to be okay. And that you have to be present in what's happening. So that is, 
that's part of the good life, you know, seeing what's really happening rather than worrying about what could happen. Um, can so I be, ahead. can I be devil's advocate? Please. Uh, cause we're talking about removing and allowing and all that. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's probably a lot of people, maybe a lot of dads that are saying, but the striving is what allows me to attain. If I don't have the drive, if I don't always, um, if I'm not always seeking outside of myself to attain, then if I just sit around and, and let things come to me, I will never get there. Here's the difference um, between striving and doing what you love or working hard, because I believe in working hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, you know, <laughs> work very hard. You had a long six days, didn't you, yeah. sweetie? Yeah, well, yeah, I did. But it, Why did you have a long well, six days? because Todd's been gone for six days. But I also, I didn't even tell you this, but on Saturday, I put, I spent like five or six hours putting a book together. Oh. Like, I'm, and it's not just working hard. They're, working hard has many different levels. Yeah. Um, but what I have, I am practicing, I can't say I do it all the time, is detaching from the outcome it gives me. Mm-hmm. Meaning striving feels good when I feel good about what I'm doing and I'm putting it out there no matter what. Yeah. Meaning I'm going to write a blog and put it out there and one person may like it or a thousand people may like it. But either way, I enjoy doing the blog. But when you are striving to get a specific result, then your dep- your happiness or your... Is predicated is pre- on the outcome. It's necessitated yeah. on that. So you then write a blog, you feel great about it, you put it out, and then you're like, oh, it was a failure. Yeah. But what about the fact that you liked it? Yeah. What and about enjoyed the process? It? And now I feel very blessed, as I think you do, because we get to do what we love every day. That doesn't mean we don't work hard, and that doesn't mean we aren't challenged or, or like pulling our hair out sometimes about our work. Mm-hmm. But everything that I feel that I everything that I get to do, I love the process. Right. So I don't have that need to get constant re to get affirmed for what I'm doing. Right. Reinforce. But I'm also human. I like affirm yeah. being affirmed. Like if someone says you're doing a great job, I love that. Yeah. I'm not going to deny my, good. my ego still exists in me. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like that's not why I'm doing it. That's you, just icing. Can you give one? And then I want to maybe go play to this the fraud. clip. Oh yeah. Well, um, don't go to that yet. Cause we haven't talked about fraud. Oh, well, okay. okay. Um, 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 oh, can you give one example of an exercise that we might do on this five day virtual retreat? I thought about sharing, but I don't know if I want to give it just, away. Okay. Just I'll, tease um, it. you don't have to like one day we are going, we'll practice something together and I'm not going to give you, I've actually written down a few things that we're going to do, but for example, um, noticing something, you know, today I want you to notice people who make eye contact with you, or today I want you to notice someone who's someone saying something kind to you, or today I want you to notice listening to the birds outside and notice is not necessarily going to be the word of the day, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be stuff like that where it's not going to pay attention to things that you otherwise would never, would never pay attention to. And we'll give examples of exercises. You can journal about it. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. you can share with us on the Facebook page. That could be your journaling. You could, um, you could tell somebody, you could go to coffee with someone later that day and talk about it. It, it, it will not keep you from going to work, doing what you do with your kids, going to your meetings. You will just view it differently. Right. And that's why these retreats are fun right. because you don't have to change anything in your day. Right. And um, the practice is, you know, it's... Practice I, makes perfect. Practice... But there is no perfect, sweetie. What's fun is that practice gets you to a place where it becomes your norm. Mm-hmm. Just like meditation, if you meditate... Um, your brain literally starts to change where what you notice is different, what you, your ability to calm is quicker and practicing seeing good things 
that becomes habitual. Right. So we can't just expect outside influences to, to make us see good. We got to practice. Um, so you talked about Dr. Kelly and I think it's a good time for us to talk about Dr. Kelly. She is our chiropractor. She adjusts us on a weekly basis. She takes most insurance. She work, she'll work with you from a payment plan and you should give her a call at 630-941-8733 and it's chirotree.com. So we talked about the good life. Yes. Or, um, what about um, the fraud? The thing, thing I wanted to say about fraud, there's so many different directions to go here, but um, I wanted to say that I saw something on Facebook today and I thought, gosh, that's so true because we were talking about this with my sister too. Everybody thinks they're a fraud. Do you know that? I did not know that. I think everybody has an experience where they say, someone's going to figure out who I really am. Okay. It could be in their family life, in a partnership. It could be with their kids. Like my kids are going to figure out I really don't know everything or my partner's going to figure out I really don't look this way all the time or my um, my work is going to figure out I really don't know what I'm doing. Even if we don't feel like a fraud 24-7, I feel like we have fraudulent, quote unquote, fraudulent moments. Right. I definitely do. Right. Where I'll be like, do I belong here? Mm-hmm. Am I? How did I get here? And in, do you know is someone going to figure out that I shouldn't be here? It's almost like... It's a story we carry from childhood. Well, I have that with work because I, you know, I, I know the products that I sell, but I speak with a lot of really smart engineers. Yes, and um, a lot of what they know and talk about and ask me questions about, I simply don't understand. Yeah, and you know, most of the time I'm smart. And I'm like, you know, I don't know, but I can get an answer for you. But sometimes I pretend I do know. Yes, just because sometimes if you if you say, well, I don't know so many times, you're like, okay, well, this guy really doesn't know anything. So sometimes I feel like I have to kind of just play along a little bit. So well, I, I guess I'm a semi-fraud. Exactly. And maybe, and sometimes it's not even in the literal, like that's a literal where you actually say, right. you know, but there's just that feeling too, you know, like where you're heading, you're going to do something and, you know, you say, okay, I'll take over this meeting or I'll be in charge of this Girl Scout troop or um, I'm going to go speak in front of a bunch of people. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get there. And they're going to be like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a very common feeling. Well, you know how I find, it's funny, I guess this is kind of a personal insight, but um, I do sometimes feel like I don't belong. And then somebody who is younger than me or less experienced than me is doing something that I kind of had the fear to do. Yeah. Tells me you need to start doing this because yes. if they can do it, you can do it. So I, you know, it's one of those things where my confidence has to build up enough to do certain things and the sometimes the driving force for me to actually take the initiative to do it is to see somebody that I think is less experienced than me or younger doing than it. me doing it. I'm like I'm completely looking at this the wrong way. Totally. You know? And I and it really is about what you believe about yourself because being a fraud isn't about other people's opinion. It's what it's the story you're telling yeah, it's yourself. Your opinion so of yourself. see how this is connected to the good life and the veils and the stories. And I think like I remember when I was in my twenties, I used to have to drive to work. I went outbound from Chicago to Oak Brook. And I had all this time in the car and I listened to Wayne Dyer tapes all the time. And one of the it was one of his older tapes before he got more spiritual and he was talking about his more psychology. And he's like, you know what, today, just smile more. Just smile, smile, smile. And I remember using that because I my intention was I want the outcome that he was talking about. He was talking about feeling better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really want to feel better. So I'm just going to practice smiling. And now some people would call that fake mm-hmm. and they'd say, well, that's fake. You know, why would you fake? But I was, my intention was to go from the outside in. Right. Now what I eventually did, I'm showing Todd a circle. 
and you guys can't see it, but I eventually going from the outside in led me to go from the inside out. Right. I had to start outside so in. So if you'd have just waited like, well, I don't feel it from the inside, so I'm not going to do I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do anything. You would have gotten stuck. I probably wouldn't have gotten to the place where I was ready to go inside and discover more of those stories and fears. I had to, I had to do something. And sometimes what we have to do is outside first. We have to pretend. Fake it till you make fake it. it till, now, and I've never... I don't love that phrase because it's all about the intention of why you're faking it. Right. Are you faking it to have people... So when you smiled, were you faking it? What was your intention? To feel better. Okay. It wasn't to make you like me more. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to make get a better job. Right. It wasn't to pretend that I wasn't struggling. I was smiling for me. Right. And if you go out in the world and you do things and you're faking it to make it and you're kind of screwing with people... Right. Sorry, that's not... If kids are listening, I shouldn't say that word. Messing you're messing with, with people, right. then your intention is different. Right. Do you see what I mean? I do. So when, when we're saying fake it to make it, we mean it like do something that can shift, you know, even, you know, meditation. You, you, you don't love meditation or you do it in different I have ways. an aversion to it a lot of the times. But what you have done in, in certain times, especially when you do retreats, is you're like, I'm just going to sit down yeah. and I don't feel like, I kind of feel like a fraud, right. a meditating fraud. Well, it's kind fraud. of like working out. Sometimes you don't feel like working out and then you get there and you're like, yeah. oh my God, I feel so good. I'm so glad I did this. Yes. Now, this is the clip that you're going to play for us. Are we is ready that, right now? Or? Let me set it up. Okay. There's this great TED talk by a woman named Amy Cuddy and she's a researcher and she talked about the way people carry themselves and stand, she actually calls them power positions, actually shift the way that people perceive them and more important, how that person feels inside. So it's not so much about the response they get externally, it's how they feel internally. And then we know what happens when you feel a certain way internally, other people feel it. It's like this this cycle. A good cycle. So she's telling a story here that Todd's going to play, but I'm going to set it up about how she was uh, on her path. She was very smart and she got in a bad car accident and she got very delayed in her recovery and even her with her ability to think and manage. And then finally, she gets through college and she's not feeling very good about herself. She doesn't feel that she belongs anymore. So go ahead and play. Amy Cuddy. Here we go, Amy. Got lucky and worked. Eventually, I graduated from college. Took me four years longer than my peers. And I convinced someone, my, my angel uh, advisor, Susan Fisk, to take me on. And so I ended up at Princeton and I was like, I am not supposed to be here. I am an imposter. And the night before my first year talk, and the first year talk at Princeton is a 20 minute talk to 20 people. That's it. I was so afraid of being found out the next day that I called her and said, I'm quitting. She was like, you are not quitting because I took a gamble on you and you're staying. You're gonna stay and this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna fake it. You're gonna take, you're gonna do every talk that you ever get asked to do. You're just gonna do it and do it and do it even if you're terrified and just paralyzed and having an out of body experience until you have this moment where you say, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Like I have become this. I am actually doing this. So that's what I did, five years in grad school. I have something to say. Please. Um, it's interesting because I thought of me wrestling because okay. um, I was in maybe a slightly above average wrestler and every now I would either make it really f- much further in the tournament than I usually would. Like I'd have a really good day and it would be like, you know, the championship and I would totally be her. I'm like, I know that wrestler and he's really good <laughs> and I'm wrestling better than I normally do. So I don't belong. 
and mm-hmm. and my mindset was a recipe for disaster. So most of the time, I would lose because I felt like I got lucky and I didn't totally. belong. When in fact, I wrestled. I got there. You were there. I was just there, like everybody else, and I else. did belong. And that's a good parenting thing. And I know you probably want to talk about her a little oh, bit more, okay. but that's a wonderful parenting thing. Is if we can make sure our kids know that they deserve and belong, like whether it's getting into a certain class. Because, you know, when you, it's funny, like when you're in a regular class and then all of a sudden you get put in a quote unquote smart class and you're surrounded by a bunch of smart kids, you look around, you're like, oh my gosh, all these kids are smart. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. You know what I mean? I do. And you know what's so important to understand the differentiation between being a child and an adult and what society puts on kids is that there is some kind of pecking order and there is someone who is, quote unquote, the best or better. Mm -hmm. And what that does to kids is it keeps them from doing what they love because they assume that they're not good enough because this person's number one. And so they say, I have to compete against that person to say I'm good enough. And the truth is they may be getting all the the adulation. Is that a word? Accolades. Accolades. Is adulation a word or did I make that up? Sounds a little made up. It does. Sometimes I make up words. Um, They may be getting all the accolades. They may be getting all of the praise that they are the best, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. But there's something that us as parents, and when you're a kid, you say, well, they've already taken that spot. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even going to bother doing what I love because I'm not as good as them. That's a story. Mm -hmm. And what I have recognized as an adult is like, you know, especially I'll say when I started writing and I was comparing myself to all these other writers, like, well, they did this and, and they wrote this and they've already been recognized in this way, I'll never be. Just write Mm -hmm. and quit trying to find your competitive place where you're number four or number six or number 10. Just do it because the more you do it, the more you are naturally thought of as a writer. Mm -hmm. Like it took so long. I remember it took forever after I graduated from uh, Loyola to call myself a therapist. Right. I was like, am I really a therapist? And it's like, yes, you have, the, you are a therapist. Right. And then when I was done coaching, remember, I would be like, well, I'm studying to be a coach. Right. And I'm like, no, you are a coach. Right. Same with being a writer. Right. You have to, instead of look around and say, well, I'm not them. Of course you're not mm-hmm. them. You're not that writer. You're not that coach. And you're not that therapist, but you are those things too right. in yourself. And so- what Amy Cuddy does, um, she has this experience where she's told this and obviously she figures out um, once she does that enough and goes out and just does it. Mm-hmm. And she, in her head to combat the stories, she just says, I'm faking it. Right. But really, you guys see that's just a brain trick. Yeah. Because really, she's going out and doing it. And that's just the way she's allowing herself to doing it. That's her breakthrough right. through the fear and the stories. And so she's able to pass this on. So play the next clip at about 18 18- Oh, that's where we're at. Oh, good. Go ahead. A few years, you know, I'm at Northwestern. I moved to Harvard. I'm at Harvard. I'm not really thinking about it anymore. But for a long time, I had been thinking, not supposed to be here, not supposed to be here. So the end of my first year at Harvard, um, a student who had not talked in class the entire semester, who I had said, look, you've got to participate or else you're going to fail, came into my office. I really didn't know her at all. And she said, she came in totally defeated and she said, I'm not supposed to be here. (laughs) And that was the moment for me because two things happened. One was that I realized, oh my gosh, I don't feel like that anymore. (laughs) You know, 
I don't feel that anymore, but she does, and I get that feeling. And the second was, she is supposed to be here. Like, she can fake it. She can become it. So he's like, yes, you are. You are supposed to be here, and tomorrow you're going to fake it. You're going to make yourself powerful, and, you know, you're going (laughs) to... Yeah, Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And what a wonderful um, lesson for us parents because, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes our own inadequacies will get translated into our children's. And um, it's just about loving and supporting and believing in your kids because they're – it's limitless for us and for them. And like, say your your child wants to try theater and you start saying things like, well, you're not a good singer or you're never going to be the star of the show or there's too many kids who have done it before you. You're never going to make it. Stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Let them go try the theater without any need to be anything on that stage but themselves. Right. They may be the tree, but guess what? They're on the stage doing what they love. Just to give all you parents who have seen High School Musical um, an example here. Troy is so uh, hot. Troy and Gabriella is – that's a good example of – putting pigeonholing our children where, you know, Gabriella is the smart one. So of course she can't be in a play. Troy is the um, Athlete. athlete. So it's be silly for him to go sing. And again, it's a TV show and it's very cheesy. But it, it sends that message of get out of the way, mm-hmm. quit. And for them, they were like, can I do this? Should I do this? Do there is you don't have to be the best. Well, and, and the more you enjoy it, the more you'll be the best in yourself. Well, and what I was gonna say is maybe your kid is a bad singer or a bad dancer and they go out for the play anyways and they get a bad role or whatever but maybe they will learn that they like production yes. or directing they're like, pulled in that direction yeah you just uh, so for you for us parents to maybe disallow to protect our kids from yes. failure um, you let them go and you don't know in what direction this is going to take, you know, where it's going to go. So, And in fifth grade, they're singing maybe poor, right. but guess what? They may meet someone who, te- do you know you can learn how to sing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know some people are naturally born with that. Like and- me. <laughs> um, you want to know who else is, sweetie? What? This is, this was my tournament of bad, but I'm going to throw it okay, in. Okay, go ahead. This is what I'm going to sing. Is this guy for real? Isn't he like the worst singer is ever? This but you say he's, he's just a friend. I could sing better than him. And you say he's well, just listen, a listen to this note. Okay. Did he really hit that note? No. So how come this got popular? Because he wrote it, he produced it, and he said, "I want to put this out here." And, and here it is. You <laughs> know? Are you kidding me, Todd? I hate to say this because then I know some people will get mad. Billy Corgan. Oh. I'm sorry. Sweetie. I am a big... <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, enough with the booze. <laughs> That's a lot of booze. That's I, a lot of booze. I didn't know it went that far. Here, this is what I'll say. I respect Smashing Pumpkins. I've listened to them my, all the time because of you. And there are certain songs I love. But he is not a great singer. You know what he is? He's a guy with a passion who knew that he wanted to be in a band, who understood music, and I respect that. But he would have never made it onto, and this is not a good example, but like American Idol. Like, it's not like he Oh, and has, he knows that. I've actually seen interviews with him. He's like, oh my God, I would, be, I would never make it well, to the first thing. And didn't we hear that his dad told him to not be in music because he couldn't sing? Yeah, he's like, don't do that because you're not good at it. And so in a way, the reason I'm... Oh, 
man, that song just could, uh, quick story. Yes. I know we're like we're in three different stories right now. <laughs> the morning JC was going to be born because you went into labor. Uh-huh. This is my serendipitous moment. I don't even know what serendipitous moment means. Can Synchronistic you- moment. So, like a moment that everything was coming together. Everything. So I. So you're like, oh, I'm in labor. I need some Gatorade, and it's going to be a long day. So a go, to, go to Jewel and get me some stuff. Uh-huh. So I got in the car, and I didn't have a CD player in. There was no iTunes or no iPhone or anything, and I had my uh, the station was already preset to XRT. I turned the ignition switch, and in the as I turned the ignition switch. The beginning of that song is beginning, wow. which is today is the greatest day. And first of all, I love that song. Second of all, it's kind of strange that <clears throat> the name of the song, you know, the today is the greatest. And it was the day that my first child was going to be know. born. So that's and that's the thing is like, is it strange or is it exactly the way it's supposed to be? And a lot of people wouldn't have noticed what was on the radio. Right. Again, going back to the Life is Good retreat, right. some people would have been like, turned it down or it's too loud. They wouldn't have heard yeah, you, that the universe is surrounding you right. with all of this connection and love. So... Again, I'm not ripping on Smashing Pumpkins. I'm making the point that I don't think someone said to Billy when he was 15, you're the greatest singer, therefore go start a band. He said, I have music in me, and I'm going to figure a way to get it out. And now he is who he is. That's right. And so that's, you know, we're focusing a lot around music, but it's sports, it's anything. Yeah, it's just metaphors for everything else we're talking about. We had a friend who was just telling us last week that their son is on a baseball team, and they showed up, and they noticed that he wasn't that great, Mm -hmm. and that he was kind of like hanging out in the outfield, dancing mm-hmm. and not doing anything. And they said, you don't have to do this. And he said, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love baseball. And so instead of talking him out of it, right. which these parents did not do, they totally supported him, just allow. Yeah. They'll let you know yeah. when they're done. Right. Yeah, or if they're done. I'm with you. Okay. With so you. so basically, you're not a fraud. Smile. Listen to Amy Cuddy's TED Talk. And uh, that's about... Um, so we're running out of time, but a few things is um, I, I just have a quick question for you, my sweetie. Yeah. Um, this is my own baggage. Okay. But lately when I come home or JC comes home from school, I'm uh-huh. totally throwing her under the bus. Like I want to hug or a kiss and she makes a beeline for the rabbit uh-huh. and she like cuddles the rabbit and she'll sit with the rabbit for like 20 minutes. And I know this happens all the time in every household in the whole world, but what is it about animals that get the affection that I want. Because they're unconditional and they have no need. No, you're not. You are a wonderful dad, but going to a rabbit allows, it makes complete sense to me. I know, but help me understand why. Because the rabbit doesn't want anything from JC but love. The back and forth is completely energetic and spiritual. I love you. You love me. Let's hug. I need to... We're a big family? Yes. (laughs) I need to be... I knew you were going to do that. I need to feel connection. I need to feel release. I need to feel happy. I'm being home coming. uh, She loves us too, but going to another human being, especially your parents and saying, hi, I'm home. There may be like, do you have a lot of homework? Right. What are, you know, you have practice in an hour. Well, and I know this is, I mean, people are probably not laughing at us, but it's a rabbit. Rabbits are not as affectionate like dogs. He's pretty affectionate. I know, but you compare and we love a rabbit. Right. I'm not going to throw Greeley under under the the bus. bus. 
but dogs is even more so. Sure. Talk about unconditional well, love. And that's we have so much to learn from animals. I mean, as far as the way that, the reason that people become so attached to their dogs or cats, their rabbits, whatever they have, is because of that unconditional love. You know that spiritual nature that you were talking about that that a baby is born with, that yeah. pureness? They still have that. Yeah. They're completely present. They need nothing from you. Right. I mean, obviously they Food need to feed them and, and stuff. That's about it. But here's the thing, they'll love you even if you weren't feeding them, which is scary and sad sometimes, but they will still want that connection. Right. You know, they, they're not like talking and saying, you better give me more. Right. Uh, well, actually they do bark sometimes, don't they? Babies? No, not babies. I know, I I'm talking kidding. about like dogs. Um, I was going to talk about something else, but I ran out of time and let's talk about your, oh, Avid company. Yeah. Painting, remodeling mm-hmm. all over the Chicagoland area. If you have a project, a new kitchen. Spring. Spring, uh, any type of remodeling or painting project, give them a call. Help us by supporting our partners, 630-956-1800. Sweetie, you have two books called The Self-War Parent Part 1 and 2. I'm working on the third one. Working on the third one right now. Yeah. Um, so they're really good, easy, quick books to read. Um, go to Kathy's website or in our show notes, you can find it. Yep. And, um, oh, and we have reviews on iTunes. New ones? Two new ones. One from, it's kind of weird, it's Kill You 22 Oh, but it was a really nice one. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say her name, but... No, just say... Don't say names. Just say the review. She said... She just says thank you. And the name... It's thanks. Thank you. We love you guys. My hu- my husband even bought Kathy's books. Oh. I'm excited to have found you both. I also want... I, I But I also was able to reinforce what a wonderful husband I have to Aww. listen and to even engage. It's re- it's refreshing refreshing to be reminded. I'm I having a hard that. time reading. I know. And then Lynn 2617 is a big fan. She gave us five stars. So thanks to those of you who um, are sharing our shows, are giving us iTunes reviews, um, all that good stuff. So that's what I got. And um, that, that's all I got. You got anything? Um, well, you can start closing the show, and I'll say the one last thing that um, I heard on that Elizabeth Lesser interview, which I strongly recommend. They'll replay it next week is when Oprah asked her what her practice was as far as her practice in, you know, living a good life. She said, my practice is love. That's really all you have to do. You can do therapy and coaching and meditation and all that kind of stuff. But if you live love, then you're already doing what you're trying to reach internally. All you need is love. Practice love. And just be cool, man. (laughs) All right. Adios. Adios. Have a good week.